Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel. We're up to chapter 10. This is another chapter in the series of visions that Daniel had. This chapter really serves as an introduction to chapter 11, where the actual vision takes place. Similar to in chapter 9, where we had the... um, uh, Daniel, the introduction to the vision was that Daniel was upset over the fact that, according to his calculations, 70 years had passed from the prediction of Jeremiah and the redemption of the Jewish people should have happened, but it didn't, which set him off on, on, on a path of prayer and supplication to God, and in response he received a vision. Chapter 10 is also going to lead us in, and we're going to see that there will be a response. But the actual response, the actual vision, we're going to read about in chapter 11. Now, um, in this particular, at this particular point, I would like to um, discuss a little bit about what the concept of an angel is. Because there is a way that I am going to be reading through these next three chapters, and I am going to be choosing the path of Maimonides and his understanding of what an angel is. I understand that there are many different opinions and understandings and so on, but if one is to look, the primary chapters in which Maimonides discusses the nature of angels is in his book, Guide to the Perplexed, section 2, chapter 6, and also in his Guide to the Perplexed, section 2, chapters 41 through 44. In section 2, chapter 6, Maimonides describes what an angel is as the, the, the spiritual force, or and he compares it to the Aristotelian term of the intelligence, which guides and runs this world. So in other words, there is only one actual spiritual being, that is God. That's it. That's the only spiritual being. Everything else other than God is what we see around us. It's this world that we experience. Whether it's the sun, the moon, the stars, or the earth, and the ants, and the flies, and the birds, and the animals. Whatever it is, that's all physical. The only spiritual being is God himself. Angels are the, are the power and the forces of nature with which God runs the world. This is a very important concept, and, 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 and the Maimonides directly compares it to the Aristotelian idea of the intelligences that exist, the, the forces which move the planets and move the sun and the moon and the wind and so on. This is how the Rambam understood. So the, an, an angel then, then is not a, a, some other type of divine or spiritual being that's, that's lower down or somewhere between man and God, but an angel is actually a physical thing. It's part of this physical world, but it's a force. It's something which we don't see with our eyes, but it's something which animates, or, or it's really a force of nature. Um, and Maimonides also, in the, in, in the, in the, in the work God, Guide to the Perplexed in chapters 41 through 44, explicitly mentions that the angels that the prophets saw in their dreams, these are angels, these are images which God is showing to them. And those images speak to the prophet and deliver a message. 
And the Prophet is supposed to learn the message. And not only is he supposed to learn from the message, but the nature of the messenger also carries lessons. So if there is, if he sees a, a human being or some sort of a fiery beast or some sort, the image itself, which is delivering the message, also has meaning and has purpose in it. The Maimonides in those chapters, 41 through 44 in section 2 of his guide, explicitly describes the angels of Daniel's dreams several times to use them as an example of an image that, the, the, when, so when it says that Gabriel appeared to Daniel, there is no actual Gabriel that appeared to Daniel, according to Maimonides, but rather there was, there was a, a being that appeared in the form and shape of Gabriel. Gabriel has a meaning, the word has a meaning, my strength is God, and he, his name was my strength is God in order to convey the strength of God. And then God, through that message of strength, gave Daniel a message and told him something, something for him to learn something from and to teach us something about. Now this is a very important to the way I'm going to be reading this chapter 10 um, and the rest of, of the book. And it's important to the way I, I have read already the first several chapters of this book, but I just wanted to lay that principle down. I am aware that there are many Jewish philosophers, specifically Nachmanides, who did not um, agree with this understanding and understood that the angels are actually separate beings, that there are spiritual beings that were created by God to do certain tasks. So that there's human beings, and then there's angels, and then there's God. Now, but this is not Maimonides' view, and I do feel that when we take Maimonides' view that, and, and study the chapter that we're about to study, it will have a lot of meaning, um, and, and it will bring out a lot of, of what is hidden in these visions here. Now, this particular vision takes place after the Babylonian Empire has collapsed and the Persian Empire has taken over, and the King Cyrus of Persia has now taken over, and King Cyrus, as we know, was the one who allowed the Jewish people to return to Judea. But in the beginning years, he first allowed them to go, and then he got letters of complaint from the people that were there saying, uh, these Jews are causing trouble, they're this, they're that, the other thing, and then he kind of withdrew his support. So it was a time where there was some hope on the horizon, things were happening, but then that hope seemed to falter, that hope seemed to go away which many commentaries understand, this distressed Daniel very much. He thought he was seeing the redemption, but all of a sudden the redemption seems to be fleeting and seems to be getting lost. So, Bishnas Chalosh, this is verse 1, in the third year of the reign of Cyrus, the king of Persia, Davar Daniel, some a, a matter was revealed to Daniel, Asher Nikroshmo Bel Chatzar, the one whose Babylonian name is Bel Chatzar. And this idea, this thing that was revealed to him was true. And there was, it was a great, great, big um, uh, 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 task or, or a great, big, uh, it could also be a myriad of, of, of hosts like, like stars in the heaven. Uh, but it, but it, was, it was a great big idea, a great big thing, uvin hadavar, and, and it was difficult to understand, uvinalo bamare, but understanding of this thing that he saw did come to him in a vision. 
So, uh, and what's the story? So, so, so that's just like an intro. Something big, he saw something big, and it was difficult to understand, but then he understood it because in a vision, it was, the understanding was revealed. Now let's tell the story. By Amimahim in those days, Ani Daniel, I Daniel, I was, I, I was mourning and crying for three weeks, um, uh, three full weeks. Exactly why he was mourning is not 100% clear, but one of the understandings is, like I said before, that he was, he was upset because, uh, again, the, the, he, he saw that the temple ha- was, should have been rebuilt, but it was not. So most likely, this is the reason for his mourning. Lechem chamudot lo achalti. I didn't eat any good bread. You know, he ate poor quality bread. Uvasar v'yayin lo boelpi. And I didn't eat any meat or drink any wine. V'sochol sachti. I didn't smear my skin with any oil, which was very common then as part of the regular hygienic practices in those days. Ad melos shloshesh shu'im yomim. Until the, the completion of three full weeks. And when the 24th day of the first month came by, and I was, it sounds like he was actually physically standing, this wasn't just in a vision, next to the great river, which is the river, the Tigris River, the river Chidakel. Usually, Nahar HaGadol, Nahar Paras, is a Parat, which is the Euphrates River, is usually called the Great River. But the Tigris was also a great river, and I was standing at the edge of the Great River. Now, the 24th day of the first month of the year, as we know, falls in the middle of the holiday of Pesach, of Passover, which means that the three weeks that he fasted was over Passover. So it must be that this was a very serious deal, and he fasted even over Passover even over the holiday, because of what was the issue that was bothering him, or bothering the people of Israel. And I raised my eyes, and I saw and I saw a man who was dressed in, in, in linen cloth, and his, his, um, his uh, loins were gird, girded, in other words, he was wearing around his waist, and uh, and a skirt beneath that, it w- with of, of a golden cloth, of fine golden cloth, to kitarshish, and his body sh- shined like a like a, a tarshish, which is a kind of a stone. Um, the ufanov kimarevorok, and his face shone like lightning. and his eyes appeared like flaming. Uh, 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 flames of of uh, uh, of torches, uzrotavu margelotav, and his arms and his and his legs, kein nechoshet kalal. They were they appeared to be like um like uh, uh, polished uh, bronze. The cold of kikol hamon, and when he spoke, it didn't sound like one person speaking. It sounded like many people speaking. It sounded like crowds of speak- people speaking at once. So this is a very fearsome figure that uh, uh, had the form of a human being, but just just fiery, awesome-looking human being who spoke with loud, 
uh, a booming voice that sounded like a combination of hundreds of voices. And only I, Daniel, was able to see this. The men that were with me, they did not see it. However, nonetheless, even though they didn't see it, they felt that something fearsome was happening and they ran to hide because of their fear. But I actually saw what happened. And I remained by myself. And I didn't run. I just stood there and I was able to look and see this amazing, awesome vision. And it was so awesome, it overwhelmed me and left me feel weak, that I did not have any strength. And my, my hod, which, which usually means my glory or splendor, here it would be a little bit um, haughty for Daniel to use a term that way. So it's like his strength, everything, his, his pride, his strength, his abilities became, became destroyed. So I was just weak and I couldn't even stand. I couldn't get any strength to do anything. I couldn't say anything, I couldn't walk, I couldn't move. This is verse 9. And I, I heard the sound of his words. And when I heard the sound of his words, immediately I just collapsed on my face and I fell into a daze, into a, a slumber. Uh, and then immediately I felt a hand touching me. This should remind us a lot of... Um, Isaiah 6 uh, which in which if we remember uh, Isaiah w- was afraid to speak right until it came to the point where one of the angels came and touched him I'm going to read some of those verses in a moment but here that uh, here and he shook me on my um on my knees, on my hands. And then, and he spoke to me, Daniel, Daniel, the man, uh, the precious, wonderful, wonderful man. This, this term, chamudot, was used earlier in this chapter to refer to lechem chamudot, good bread. But in previous chapters, Daniel was referred to by the angels that he saw as an ish chamudot. We had that in chapter 9, that you are a beloved man by God. I need you to understand and think about the things which I am speaking to you. You have to stand up. Because I have been sent to you. And then when he said that, I gathered up the strength to stand up, although I was shaking from fear. And he told me, this is verse 12, Do not be afraid, Daniel. From the first day that you decided that you wanted to understand and you wanted to fast before your God and pray before God, your prayers were heard and I have come by your request. However, however, the heavenly prince of the kingdom of Persia, the force above that powers Persia, was holding me back from delivering this message for these 21 days that you were praying. 
Now, what does this mean? One way of understanding, if you understand like Nachmanides, uh, that that the angels are actual spiritual beings, then the belief and idea is that every nation, every thing on this earth has a spiritual power, a spiritual as has an angel above that advocates before God for that being. So each nation, the nation of, of Persia, also has a spiritual force that advocates for that. Now, um, what, what, what? If you would understand this, though, in the way I, I'm going to be explaining it, in the understanding of Maimonides, when it says the the officer in charge of Paras of Persia, it means the power of the kingdom of Persia. All of these natural forces that exist in the world was holding back the Jewish people from their return to the land. This is what was happening. In, in God's mind, so to speak. Of course, God doesn't have a mind, but God plays, in, in God's mind when he runs the world, there are many, many, many different powers that are happening. Good ones, bad ones, up ones, down ones, all kinds of ones. It's, it's, not, it's impossible for us to understand how God interacts through these forces with the world because that's not something we were meant to understand as human beings. But there is a force a force of the nation of Persia, which was a powerful, powerful force, which was holding me, me, as a representative of the people of Israel, me back. And if we understand this the way I explained it before, that the Jewish people had started to return to the land, but then things stopped, apparently the force of the nation of Persia, which decided by, by the King Cyrus, uh, the leader of Persia decided to stop supporting the return of the Jewish people to the land, held me back. And then behold, another angel, Michael, one of the great officers up there, Michael, Paul Azraini, he came to help me. Now what does that mean? Michael is a name, which means who is like you, God. If you use Maimonides' understanding of an angel, then an angel with the name Michael means the force of God himself. Michael, who is one of the first, who is one of the highest levels, because he is the one representing the power of God himself, not, not some other natural force in this world like the power of Persia or the power of Israel or the power of whatever power you want to choose. But Michael himself, Paul Azraini, came to help me. So there was the power of the Jewish people themselves wasn't enough. God himself had to intervene. And this happened, he came to help me after I was left there next to trying to do battle with those that were the kings uh, that represented the power of Persia. Uvasi, And therefore, now that I have been helped by Michael, right now that I have been helped, I've come to tell you that there's, there's an end. There's an end here. There's, there's, there's an end that's going to be good. Uvati la vincha 14, I have come to explain to you, that which is going to happen to your nation, the nation of Israel, at the end of days, because there still is a lot more for me to tell you. There still is a lot more of a vision for me to tell you about the upcoming days to come. When he spoke to me these words, this is verse 15, I, I, I looked down upon the ground and I kept silent. It was for me to listen and to hear. And what happened? An angel with the form of a man, touched me on my lips. 
for Eftachpi, and that's only when I was able to open it. I was comparing this to Isaiah chapter six, where we have Vayoaf Eli in Isaiah six six, when Isaiah was 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 unable to speak. Vayoaf Eli Achad Min Hasrafim, one of the angels came and Vyar Charitzva, and then in verse seven Vayigal Pi, he touched my mouth. Vayomer, and he said, Hine, now I have touched you on your mouth, and then. Uh, he was able to speak for Omar, and I'm skipping a little bit in Nishlacheni, and then Isaiah went and was able to accept the mission of being a prophet. We have the same idea here. Uh, he came to Gael, Svasai touched me on my lips, and then I had the strength to speak. And then I spoke to the one who was standing, Adoni, my master, because of this vision. I have these pains. I, I'm, 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 you're telling me that there's a vision about the future, but this vision is me giving me pain. It's giving me anxiety. It's giving me uh, It's making me weak. It's making me upset when I see this vision. How is it possible with the, the, for this servant of my master this is Daniel speaking still. How can I continue to speak with you? I feel so weak. I feel so scared. I feel so anxious. I feel so worried about the people of Israel, about my nation. My strength has failed me. I cannot even pray anymore. I cannot even ask you and beg you anymore. I've done that. I've tried that. I've worked through that. And I'm still seeing something very scary to me. It's still making me so upset and so nervous. I have no soul left in me. I have no strength left in me. I have almost no hope left in me. So he touched me again, Kimare Adam, the one who looked like a man, and this gave me strength. This touch helped me realize that there is hope. He gave me back my neshama. He gave me my chizuk, my strength back. And he said, do not be afraid. I know when you look into the future, you see fear, you see suffering. Do not be afraid, my oh, beloved person. Shalom lach, there will be peace with you. Chazak v'chazak, be strong and be strong. And as he spoke to me, he strengthened me even more. And I said, okay, now, now that I feel stronger, now I feel ready to hear this, this message that you came to tell me. My master, please tell me now. You have given me enough strength. I feel like I am strong enough to hear the message. Vayomer. So he said to me, Do you know why I have come to you? Right? Uh, now I must go back. I have to go back to continue advocating in front of God for the people of Israel and, and advocating with that against the power of the, of, the, of the representatives of the Persian Empire. I am going to, and if I, when I, when I go... Then I'm gonna, we're going to have another group to fight against. The, the, the powers of Greece are going to come. <laughs> so he's telling Daniel what Daniel had already seen in the vision of the flying unicorn from two chapters ago. That yes, Persia is going to go and maybe the, and the Jews will go back to the land of Israel. But there's going to be another power that's going to come. And the power of Greece, which is going to oppress them again. Aval, however... 
I will tell you. So in other words, I have to go. I'm here right now. Me, the power that represents Israel, is fighting against the power that represents Persia, and it's a difficult battle. But when I win that battle, it's not over. Another battle is going to come. But I will tell you, this is verse 21, that I will tell you that which is um, written in the book of truth. That was written in the book of truth, meaning the thing that is absolutely true and will absolutely always be. There is no one who is fighting with me, me as the representative of the Israelites. No one will help me beat those powers, those great powers. Only Michael, your master. Now, this could you could the Michael meaning only the one who is bringing the power of God himself. The reason why the Jewish people will manage to survive past Persia, past Greece, and past whatever else, whatever other powers of the world come against them, is because of Michael, who is like God himself. That is the only reason why they will make it to that time, to the time of the future, to the time when all will be under the kingdom of God. Thank you so much for listening to Daniel chapter 10. Looking forward to learning chapter 11, where we will learn the content of, 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 this, of, of this vision of the future, of Daniel's vision of the future. Mm-hmm.